0: Show number 129 of Look at His Butt. There are audio problems at the end of the last section. Sorry. Welcome to Look
1: at His Butt. Look at His Butt, yes. This episode is brought to you by the number 5. <laughs> because. Why's that? We've been doing this for 5 <gasps> years. That's so scary. And when you consider all the stuff, we're going, yeah, we need to still talk. We haven't talked about that. We haven't watched that. <laughs> You guys have got to start picking up the slack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what are you saying? Somebody needs to start another William Shatner podcast out there? No, no. I think people need to start paying us for it so we can do
1: a podcast three times a week. Oh, uh, I'd be fine with that. And that's the only way we'd have any hope of ever keeping up with Bill and all the Billness, all the Shatnez. And the Shatnez. all
0: and all the the Trek stuff, too, because it's all Trek stuff that keeps happening for a show that was on the air in 1967. I know. It's crazy.
1: Right. So here's more Trek stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, you guys may remember when we talked about the book Captain Kirk's Guide to Women mm-hmm. by Bones Rodriguez. Um, he also wrote some parts that they did put in the book, and he's offering them as free downloads. So I went and got them. And um, I, I just want, this is going to be a game now for oh, us. cool. It's going to be Guess the Episode. Mm-hmm. This is his top 25 pickup lines from the 23rd century. Uh-huh. And he gives you the lines, but he doesn't tell you what they're oh, from. Oh,
0: this is great. Yeah. Okay, I like this. I am for you. Oh, that's the one with the um with Lee Merriweather. With Lee Merriweather, and I can't remember the name of that stupid episode, but Me that's neither. what she said to each one of the guys. And it's
1: the one where they play monkey in the middle. That's right. Which is yeah. very fun. That could be our bad episode to watch. <gasps> that's a good one. That's a good bad okay. episode. I Must Touch You. It is my existence. That's the same one. Same one. Yeah. But that's a great pickup mm-hmm. line. Um to Whose ever name? Mm-hmm. The loveliest human ever to grace a starship.
0: I have no idea.
1: I'm thinking it's from uh, a rose by any other name, because all uh, three of them are like blah, blah, over her. That's
0: true. Yeah, that could be.
1: Okay. Um, pretty name for a pretty young woman. I don't know. Mary. Uh, of course. Okay. okay. Do you want me to manufacture a lie?
0: <laughs> Which one is that? Helen Noel, oh, the dagger of the mind. Of course, of course, I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Name, be serious. You're not an ordinary human. You're a starship captain, or whatever their occupation.
0: Um, that sounded like something a real Shaw would say. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: A last tender moment for you to end your usefulness.
0: Huh. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. Hmm. Somebody who was about to kill... Somebody. Somebody, either Kirk or Spock, probably. I I don't
1: know. Maybe it's from one of the episodes I hate so much that I never watch it, like Cat's Paw.
0: Yeah, could be. Okay. Uh... I offer you
1: more than... This would be a great pickup line. I offer you more than your wildest dreams have ever imagined. You'll become the mother of a new race of gods. You'll inspire the universe. All men will revere you almost as a god yourself. And I shall love you for time without end, worlds without end. You shall complete me, and I you.
0: That's a long speech.
1: That's a great pickup line. It
0: is, it is. That was Apollo. Yes. Yes, of course.
1: You left us. The room became lonely. Oh, what one is that? I think that that is Rose, uh, Rose by yeah, Another Name again. Yeah, I there think so. I think there are several in here. <laughs> I don't know what this one's from. We are your people. Oh, it's probably from the the one we watched last last show. We are your people. We have been waiting for you to come to us.
0: No, I don't think it was. No. Okay, what are the other
1: ones? Were there people waiting for them?
0: Um, It might have been uh, For the World is Hollow and I Touch the Sky. Because they, they needed him for something, right? Didn't they? No, they were trying to change oh. it. <gasps> it's, it's Miramani. Okay. That's
1: it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is no one else in my mind or in my heart. Now, I know that's familiar. I can't think what it's from.
0: That could be any episode. <laughs> <laughs> he could be talking to a red shirt. <laughs> we don't know.
1: I've never seen perfection, but no woman could come closer to it. Oh, which one is that? I'm thinking Mirror Mirror.
0: Maybe. Uh, Is it bad that we don't know all these? Yeah, it is.
1: It's really bad. But they aren't all Kirk related.
0: That's true. If they were all Kirk-related, we'd probably know.
1: That one I know is Kirk-related because I can hear his voice mm -hmm. saying it. Do as your heart tells you, and millions will die who did not die before.
0: What is that? Edith Keeler. Oh, of course. But why is that a
1: pickup line? It's
0: not a pickup
1: line. It's a crummy pickup line. This is a great pickup line, and I don't know what it's from. I feel like I'm hungry all over. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear Bill read that when he gets through reading tweets
0: wouldn't it be great to hear bill read a cookbook (laughs) imagine what he could do with all those ingredients and and those directions until
1: you know until thoroughly mixed i know and
0: And then when they always say the thing at the end like serve six enjoy
1: (laughs) i don't know what i feel like i'm hungry all over is from i don't know we gotta find this out okay you'll learn something about men and women the way they're supposed to be. Caring for each other. Being happy with each other. Being good to each other. That's what we call love. You'll like that a lot. Isn't that Charlie X? Nope. It's uh, Vail. After he kills Vale, and he's telling oh, them. Hey, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Next page. Sometimes a feeling is all we humans have to go on.
0: Oh, what one is that? We just saw that one, too. Did we? Well, I saw it recently. Um, ah, I can't remember.
1: I can't either. This is bad. Oh, We're going to research God. these. You're too beautiful to ignore. Too much woman.
0: <laughs> is that of Troyes? No. No? Okay.
1: She's too homely to ignore. Um, I don't know. What are you offering me? Love or going away present.
0: I don't know. Deadly years.
2: Oh, Where of course, of, course, a pity of fuck. course, of
0: course. Didn't we watch that fairly recently? We did. We did watch that.
1: I've been good at my job, but I've never been loved. Never. What kind of life is that? Not to be loved, not to have shown love.
0: Is that space seed? Is that?
1: Nobody there says things like that. I don't know. (laughs) But
0: I've never been loved. I've been good at my job. Uh, I don't know. Baylock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A meeting of minds is all very well, but what about love? You're young, attractive, and human. I'm pretty sure that's a rose by any other Mm -hmm. name again. You must realize we are not here by accident. Some force, some intelligence has arranged this for a purpose. The Gorn. (laughs) Uh, That works.
0: (laughs) See, I've just gone in a whole different direction now.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm thinking maybe that's from the original um, Cage or whatever it's called.
0: Oh, yeah, it could be, yeah.
1: Why do you build such mystique around a simple biological function?
0: Oh, isn't that, um, uh, it's not Dila, is it? No. Uh, ugh.
1: I can't think what it's called, but it's the one with the aliens who turn people into styrofoam tubes. yes. Yes. Um, and his name is Rogaine. <laughs> <laughs> and her and name is Kalinda. That's right. The Kelvins. The Kelvins. The okay. Kelvin episode, yep. It would be illogical for us to protest against our natures, don't you think?
0: Um, so that's not Spock saying that.
1: I, I think I know what episode it is.
0: Which one? I think
1: it's a muck time. Oh, I don't think so. When Chapel comes to his quarters? <gasps> Naked time.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. I knew it involved that trippy chapel. Okay, Um, Listener challenge, we want you to go to bars (laughs) and use some of these lines. Is this a responsible thing to say to people? Okay, we want you to go pick up people at um, a non-drinking
0: establishment. Okay. (laughs) I don't want anybody getting killed about this, you know. Why would they get killed? Uh, Because some of these things could be interpreted wrongly.
1: Okay, use your own judgment. (laughs) But if you decide to try any of these lines... Let us know how it works out. Mm-hmm. Does that absolve us enough? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's fine. Also, I'm going to do a little research and post online where these came from because oh, I am ashamed. I am thoroughly and totally ashamed. I am
0: too. I can't believe that we don't know them.
1: Yeah. Because we should know them and we yeah. don't know them. That, that's bad. Bad, bad, bad. Bad, bad. 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 bad, bad. Okay, okay, so let's go on. Let's go on. I have something else mm-hmm. and many something else's. La, 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 la. Okay, also from Bones Rodriguez yes. is a way you can do your own Trek episode. Cool. <laughs> now that you're your own captain, you went somewhere, met someone, and had an adventure. <laughs> so you come up with a title. Mm-hmm. You put your picture in. You, you come up with the subject, your age, or their age. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the person you met. The species. Mm-hmm. Species occupation, and the lesson. Mm. Then there's a space for special notes.
0: Then you get to make up your own telltale quotes. Oh, good. Which I think
1: is a really cute idea.
0: Could we do Bill's giant spider invasion story? Of
1: course. That'd be good. Only if the spider falls in love with him. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you have your log. We could. And then you have your captain's notes. Oh. So you risked, and you either won or you learned. That's a good observation. When mm-hmm. they don't win, they always learn. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I like that. There's no failure in your mission and there are many more to come and you didn't do it alone. You can join other captains from all over the world on our internet sites. So.
0: Wow. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we do the spider story, we'll have to put a girl in there somewhere. Oh, of course. A woman for him to, to love. Okay. Now, the last
1: little thing I wanted to look at. Oh, okay. In the last show, we were talking about what, what a drip Christine Chapel is. Mm-hmm. And he also wrote Spock's Guide to Women, which, of course, is much shorter mm-hmm. and probably less useful. But um, I want to read what he says about... Um, Chapel. Chapel. Oh, please do. Okay. Um, and he's, t- he's talking about the Enterprise incident.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: The subject, Nurse Christine Chapel. Age, over 30. Species, human. So he's using the episode form. Mm-hmm. Occupation, nurse. Lesson. Keep one in case of emergency. Now, this is what I like. Wait, let me get. Ba 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 ba, ba. Um. Okay. Although Christine Chapel, although Christine Chapel is engaged to Doctor Roger Corby, mm-hmm. who unbeknownst to her is an android, she falls in love with Spock, who doesn't return the feelings. But Spock doesn't quite reject her either. She is his. In case of emergency, girl, and then he says, "See Janice Rand in Captain Kirk's guide." <laughs> when Spock is suffering from the pond fire, he almost romances Does it say her. The
0: pond far, or Did you put that in? No.
1: <laughs> when Spock is suffering from the pond <laughs> I'm so used to saying it, I had to look. <laughs> Okay, sorry. <laughs> from the P.F., uh-huh. he almost romances her in his room, decorated with red velvet and battle <laughs> yes, weapons. Yes, the
0: New Orleans His house. advances
1: begin to work, but then he collects himself and allows her to make him some plomic soup instead. We often have a friend who we are attracted to, who maybe cooks for us, but we never actually get involved with. While suffering from the Psy 2000 intoxication, Christine confronts Spock with her feelings. Sometimes intoxication brings out those feelings. Again, Christine feels that she knows Spock in a way that no one else does, and that is very attractive to anyone. If someone feels they get special treatment from you, that demonstration of interest goes a long way, all the way across the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the,
0: the, the whole idea of she's his in-case-of-emergency yeah, girl. I think that's true, but I also think that... Um, you know, that stuff about um, someone who understands you the way no one else does, that borders on stalkerish behavior, so I don't agree with that part of it. Well,
1: <clears throat> it, it's, it, it, if taken to an extreme, it is stalkerish. Just short of that extreme, it's 14-year-old girl.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know Christine is writing Mrs. Spock over and over again in mm-hmm. her daily notes, and McCoy is constantly on her to, yes. to cut that shit out. because It's, it's all a, over
1: the patient charts. It's unprofessional. And she's putting smiley faces in the O. Oh. Mrs. Christine Spock hearts C plus S yeah you know she like she's carved it into the tables in she the rec has, lounge. and
0: you know that like when she had some free time she made up some bogus request back to the Vulcan Science Academy to get Spock's graduation picture
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh
0: my God. right am I
1: right I just, I just had a mental visual of this total logical nerd uh huh at 17. But she
0: wanted to have the picture because she wanted to know what he looked like, you mm-hmm. know. And every time, you know, if he ever gave her anything, she saves it. She has a box with stuff in it, you know. I still have the first note my husband ever Uh-oh. wrote me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but you love him. Yes. <laughs> and he loves you back. And I
1: didn't have to stalk him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so these are like little scraps of things, Yeah. you know. Here's the Kleenex he dropped. Exactly. Ooh, ooh, yeah.
1: yeah, that's pretty creepy. Mm-hmm
0: well I like that I like yes
1: that. I, oh I think that's fun
0: um, are we ready to, to go to t- topic number next
1: why don't we take a little break Oh, okay. and, and then I'll get new windows open okay,
0: okay that sounds good we'll take a little break and then we've got um, more things to discuss I we always do
2: space the final frontier these are the voyages of the starship Enterprise it's five year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone
0: before. What has Bill done for you lately? Comments to lookathisbutt.blogspot.com Email to look at gmail.com This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with Audacity and GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. Ready? Welcome to Philosophy 101. You know, I have this very funny picture. Maybe I'll put it up as the the image for this particular episode. I was at the... um, the Exploratorium in Mm -hmm. San Francisco, which is a fabulous, fabulous place. And they've got stuff all over the place. And then they have little areas where you can kind of sit. And then some places where sometimes they have um, uh, people doing instructional stuff where they'll just be sitting at a desk and telling you about things. And um, I was in this one area, and I was sitting there kind of resting my feet, and there was a sign, and it said, Philosophy Demonstration Happening Now. And it pointed at an empty table. And somehow... That really resonated with me, and I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's
1: the empty table portion of the show. This um, is something we haven't discussed at all yet, and it's an email we got from a frequent emailer, Mm -hmm. Jamie Dunst. He says, um, hey, ladies, so I was thinking about this while checking out an Internet effort to get this actor named Donald Glover to play Spider-Man. The reason this has caused quite a stir is because Donald Glover is black. Mm-hmm. There are some people in fandom that don't like the idea of changing a pre-existing character who has always been of a certain race, and I thought at first I was one of them. The longer I thought about it, though, the less of a problem I had with it. My question to you is this: What if J. J. Abrams had cast a black James T. Kirk? Could people accept a black James T. Kirk? Why or why not? I want to expand it—not mm-hmm. just a black, but someone who was not a, a white white male. Mm-hmm.
0: What hmm that's very interesting. It's I think there's a difference between um the the Star Trek uh context and say the Spider-Man context. Right. So let's so okay. so so the thing about the the Star Trek context is that on the original show it was very important that all of the sub not all but a lot of the subsidiary characters were at that time, minorities. Right. That they represented certain things or a certain, you know, global community or something right. like that. And if you're going to take that and move it forward, um, there's a certain part that wants to be true to the original setup, the template, mm-hmm. and have the same thing, which is what J.J. Abrams did, right? Right. Like he had a black woman playing Ahura and he had an Asian guy playing Sulu and he had a Russian guy, whatever, mm-hmm. playing um, Chekhov. And those remained the same. They were just different actors, but inhabiting the same template of the role of which their ethnicity was actually really important. Same for Spock. Yeah, yeah. So in that case, I think it would have been hard because that's not the template for James Kirk, and I don't think you could ignore it. Well, and and part of it is
1: in the the, the 60s show in TOS, there's definitely a feeling of the... Um, I mean, uh, Dances with Wolves, Avatars, all of them, of The White Man Saves mm-hmm. the Minority, mm-hmm. what, whatever it is, blue people, Indians, you know. I mean, whenever we, or not whenever, but frequently when we see movies and things about um, the black experience, it's through the eyes of a white mm-hmm. character.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I, God, I really don't know. Now I know I many years ago when I was certainly too young to to appreciate or to judge whether what I was seeing was good or not. I saw Hamlet mm-hmm. played by a black man, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was good or not because, like I say, I just I just couldn't know. And but I know there was a controversy about he's a Danish prince. This was in the early days of colorblind casting when mm-hmm. it was quite controversial mm-hmm. to do that and saying it goes. You know, against the whole story to have this black guy play it. And he's got, you know, white parents and an Asian girlfriend or whatever, you know. But um, that controversy has gone away Mm -hmm. now. But the thing is, we didn't have in our mind specifically who was Hamlet. What Mm -hmm. did he look like? Mm -hmm. But with this, we do have a visual. And that was part of... That was something to be overcome for Chris Pine was the visual, was the fact that he didn't move like him, that Mm -hmm. he didn't look like him, that he didn't talk like him, that he didn't act like him. So I think if you add one more thing, Mm -hmm. it could be difficult. But, now I'm not saying that this is anywhere near as iconic as Kirk. On Battlestar Galactica, I know there were people terribly upset when Starbuck Starbuck was cast as a woman. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was genius because she was the best character in the whole damn thing, mm-hmm. and I, and I watched it primarily for her. But I never watched the original except once. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't hooked on it. But, you know, even without changing their names, Sulu, Uhura, there is no reason you couldn't have people of different races playing them mm-hmm. because if the idea is that it's a um, hundred centuries in the future, and I just saw or two sets. Cent- Hundreds, of two centuries. And I just saw a, an article saying that here in the U.S. we have a higher ratio of mixed-race marriages. Mm-hmm. So it's becoming more and more common. So, you know, you could have someone who appears to
0: be a black person whose last name is Sulu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oops, I, uh, that's okay. Um, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think as long as you don't feel like you have to stick to that template Sure, why not? I mean, let, let somebody else have at it and see what that brings to the role and how that's different. There's nothing in the character of James Kirk that says he has to be a white guy. Well, that's just it.
1: And, and that's what the whole um, colorblind casting was about, mm-hmm. is how well do you play the role? And we're, we're, we're going to ignore the superficials to a certain extent, mm-hmm. you know. They're never going to cast an 80-year-old fat lady as Blanche DuBois, <laughs> No matter how good she reads, mm-hmm. you know, there has to be a, a certain level of believability. And each person has their own mm-hmm. boundary on that. But it would be interesting if they were to really do colorblind casting, sex blind casting. Mm-hmm.
0: It would be cool. Yeah. I think it would be very cool.
1: Yeah. Now, do you remember, and it did generate a couple of stories, do you remember the discussion about what if Kirk had been born a woman?
0: Yes. I mean, we talked about this once before. I think we did. There have been a couple of fan fiction stories, um, one of them published in one of those uh, Strange New Worlds books, right?
1: In the Strange New Worlds from uh, Ordover? Ordover?
0: No, 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 um, Oh, from the... The, the uh, old one, the Marshak books. Yes, yeah. where they,
1: they all get turned into different it, yeah, things. Yeah, which was
0: pretty sucky. It was
1: sucky. And I remember one of the ones that was published on the net during this discussion was really kind of a screed Yeah. on... God, I can't remember what... But, you know, it was Janet Kirk or something. And then I wrote a silly version because yeah. that's what I do with serious things mm-hmm. is write silly versions. But um, in many ways, for me... The hardest one to overcome would be casting Kirk as a woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it's not because I don't think women are capable of that. It's just because of the whole sexual thing, and mm-hmm. men are my sexual thing, and Kirk is my sexual mm-hmm. thing.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, if there's the character of Kirk is such a product of 20th century America. Mm-hmm. And at that time, women were not allowed to be what Kirk was. So the character is written as male, I mean, from the core. Mm-hmm. He, he is a guy. Which is not to say that with a lot of work you couldn't interpret it differently, but that's the way his character was conceived and, and came to life. And I would love to see somebody do something else, but I think it would be really hard.
1: Well, and it's also that that character, because it was over three years and had such a fantastic actor as William Shatner, he Is very much fleshed out. You can very see, very much see how the mature Kirk at age thirty one, thirty two, when we first see him, is very much the product of his pre, the life he's lived up till then, which was a guy. Yeah, I mean he's just a guy. Mm-hmm. And you also run into the problem that um, I didn't watch the show very much, but you know people complain constantly about Janeway that. Yes, she was a woman, but because she was captain of a starship and they didn't know what to do with a woman in an authority position, mm-hmm. they didn't want her to be a bitch. They didn't want her to be a wimp, so she wasn't allowed to have emotions yeah. or romances or, you know, because they, I don't know why they're so scared of women in those positions. I know,
0: it's ridiculous. And, and they, I, I think it would be very, very hard to have that role be played by a woman who would be as comfortable in her own skin as William Shatner was mm-hmm. portraying Kirk as that guy. Well, and
1: think about even the, the stuff we see today, like on TV. You don't see it in the movies much. But on TV, you see now women being portrayed as, for instance, head of their own law firm, mm-hmm. um, Glenn Close, in damages. But she's a villain. Mm-hmm. So a powerful woman is still a villain. I'm trying to think of an instance of a powerful woman, fictional being portrayed as a regular person with, with, you know, both sides, but who is basically in the hero mold.
0: Um, I think they got pretty close to it with Shirley on Boston Legal. That's true. She wasn't as powerful as the men mm-hmm. in some instances. In some she was, but she was clearly deferential to them in, in some situations. And she also was not as present- In in the show. Well, she wasn't the lead. Because she wasn't the lead. I mean, that that was part of it. You know, um, um, Spader's character, of course I can't remember his name. Alan Shore. Thank you, Alan Shore, um, was there more because he was the co star and had a lot more ongoing cases, whereas Shirley was sort of in and out as one of the partners. Right, right. So I think if she had been a co star rather than a guest star, maybe we would have seen more of that. And they had
1: initially written her to to be a bitch mm-hmm. to be this this you know this bad vibe within the office yeah. which didn't work because no. nobody can give off a bad vibe when bills there with all his of course stuff and
0: so I, I that was one of the reasons i liked her character so mm-hmm. much and it's so rare to see that And, you know, even on the show... But,
1: again, the only way they can do that is she's an older woman. So she doesn't have to be the young, hot chick. You don't have to come up with excuses to have her in her underwear, in Mm -hmm. her shower. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, she can be a real human being because she's lost her sexual appeal, Mm -hmm. which she hasn't. But I'm, you know, speaking from a certain mindset that I'm making up.
0: No, well, I think that that's true. That's absolutely true. You can't have a woman be in the lead if, you know, they're they're within those very narrow parameters. You know, they can't be Mm -hmm. too tough. But because they're the lead, they can't be too weepy, Um, but they Mm -hmm. have to be hot because if they're not hot, then they can't be a lead character, you know, and the hotness for women is is like, you know, a millimeter compared to the standards for men who are leads, Mm -hmm. which is like a meter. Now, one show, I think, kind of approached this, and it would have been really interesting.
1: It did not get renewed, but I watched a couple episodes of, I can't remember what the show was called, where Gina Davis portrayed a female president of the U.S. Oh, yeah, I remember. And she was not an evil president. But you could see, and I think politics is the perfect venue for presenting both sides of a person, that you have these good intentions, and then you have to keep chipping away at them to make the deal to at least get some of what you want. Mm-hmm. And she was the lead. And, again, it only ran yeah. a year.
0: Um, I know. That so she- I think
1: progress is being made. But, man, I don't know. To, take a, to, to write... A real hero role—that's going to have physical action, emotional action, drama. They—they. They, I, well, I mean, they do it in the movies, but they do it for comic book characters, you know, like yeah. the, the, the Angelina Jolie and, yeah, and things yeah. like that when they're doing superheroes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not thinking of that.
0: No, no, I agree. And and I was thinking, could you, you are... cast Jason Bourne as a woman? <laughs> Um, there are a couple of shows on right now that I think are closer to that, and I don't watch them, so I can't mm-hmm. speak. I just know what people say. Like Nurse Jackie is supposed to be good. There's a woman who's the lead, and she is really the lead, and you know she's not a hot 20-something mm-hmm. girl and has real-life situations, so I've heard really good things about that. Um, there was one other that I just had in my brain. Well, people will probably write in to correct us, but I, I think it, it's, it's inching. It's inching forward, yes. but I, I think in that... Hero role, as you were just saying, like, we're so far from having that happen. I can't think of one really good example where right. there's a woman who Well, the hero. Like there that. is one
1: that's very close. Um, I have been reading, and I'm going to mispronounce his, names, his name, the Stieg Larsson books, mm-hmm. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I'm reading the third one now. I'm about two-thirds away through it. But the lead character in that, Lisbeth Salander, is... A young woman who has, has pretty much had a horrible life and been treated horribly. But she is in, in some ways, it, I mean, she's socially nowhere. She talks to almost no one. But she's an excellent computer hacker. She's almost like a superwoman. Mm-hmm. It, it approaches mm-hmm. that edge of, you know, she's tiny and everything, but she can defeat huge guys. But she is, she is smart. She is sexual. She is sexual. She knows what she wants. She has a strong sense of morality. Mm -hmm. She also has a strong sense of the end justifies the means. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's Swedish, and they made a film of the first one, and they're they're filming the other two. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's going to be a Hollywood remake, which makes me puke. But that movie was very good, and she, the, the woman playing her, was very good. And she is... She's really interesting because she has no moral ambivalence, and part of this is is due to this horrible life she's led. Mm-hmm. But in that, because of that, she's tougher than any of the men, and I don't mean just physically; I mean emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally tougher. She's extremely capable,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's it's a, it's a complex character. Yeah. But there's there's a thing that you've said that really bugs me, and I think, I'm sorry, I won't no, say no, it no. anymore. No, um, <laughs> it, it's something that. I, I, They always do in comic books, and it happens a lot in fiction, and it happens a lot in TV. Any woman who is that tough, tougher than men or everything, is because she's had a horrible life. Oh, yeah, yeah. You never, I mean, never see a woman who is like that, mm-hmm. who doesn't have some trauma in her background, and it's usually sexual trauma because, of course, all women are motivated by sexual trauma. Right. But, you know, that's the thing about Kirk, like bringing it back to Kirk again. He's not a guy who's had... I mean, he's had some traumas, but it hasn't been, like, the motivating trauma. You know, what happened to him on Tarsus was Mm -hmm. not the thing that made him be a starship captain. It was a lot of other stuff that happened, too. Right. It was part of it, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. the thing. Right. And it didn't scar him for life, and it didn't affect all his interactions with every single Mm -hmm. person for the rest of his life. You know, things happen to him as things happen to other people, but... He didn't, you know, his mother wasn't a heroin addict. And, you know, it wasn't like that. <laughs> right, it was right. a thing that happened. And you never see women who have had relatively normal lives. Well, getting her. back to the
1: Larson novels, one of the other nice things is she is not the only female character. Mm. And there's a female character who is the um, editor-in-chief of a newspaper. There are female uh, police detectives. Mm. There are female politicians business women again it's taking place in sweden Mm -hmm. and they're they're you know normal people who are in these positions some of them have family some of them you know are unmarried they they um they have sex drives they have relationships Mm -hmm. they have conflicts Mm -hmm. so you know that almost balances how how far out you know she is but in that way and i'm thinking well maybe it's because of (laughs) swedish and their society is so different from ours but um it's really interesting. That
0: sounds really refreshing, refreshing.
1: Well, and I know I'm really off topic here, but I <laughs> want to talk to you about it anyway, so why not record it? Um, the way that character came about, did you read the Pippi Longstocking books oh, when yeah. you were a kid? Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. me too, and I adored her. She's mm-hmm. the strongest little girl in the world. Mm-hmm. She lived on her own. She did what she wanted. Yes, exactly. You know, she could make mm-hmm. everything right. And it came about because the author, Larson, had been talking to a friend. They had gotten into some really in-depth discussion of, you look at these characters in children 's books that we really loved, like Pippi Longstocking, what would a person like that be like when they grew mm, up
0: that's great and
1: his idea was she probably would have no social skills mm-hmm. and and so really, and there are little references to Pippi Longstocking oh, throughout awesome. the book because um like the the place she she lived is um It's the name of the place Pippi Longstocking uh, lived. I can't remember. But, you know, there, there's references to it. And uh, some, you know, character at some point stupidly points out to her that she's very like Pippi Longstocking, and she just about kills him. Mm. And she refers to her as Pippi fucking Longstocking. <laughs> but um, I thought that's an incredibly interesting premise for a book because yeah. if you're going, oh, okay, she's Pippi Longstocking, yeah, she can be this strong. She can be a great computer hacker. She can have her own... Entirely consistent moral code.
0: Yeah, that's great. That, yeah. That's, that's a brilliant thing to build it on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. To bring it back to Trek. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because this is about Star Trek. Um, it really sucks that they they couldn't deal with that on Trek. You know, that, mm-hmm. like, they decided, ooh, we're going to make a, a, the woman the captain. And then they did such a fucked up job with it. You know, they just couldn't figure out who she was supposed to be and... You know, there's Kate Mulgrew trying, but they're not giving her very much mm-hmm. to work with. And they they just, uh, it's so frustrating. They they really had a hard time having women characters who were strong mm-hmm. and capable and, and like that. And, you know, and then, of course, they have to have, um, you know, two of D, <laughs> seven of nine, <laughs> you know. To, and, and partly, you know, I think the reason that they put her on that show was... To make sure that people understood that there were still women, right? I was like, like, oh, remember this is what women look like, and and you know, to soften up the captain a little bit. It's like, yeah, you have to do it. And I have to say, the the one woman character that I thought was really good, and I know I've talked about this before, was well, two of them actually on Deep Space Nine. I thought that, um, Karen Rees was a great character. Mm-hmm. You know, she was basically the head, the Army head on bait of the whole planet on Bajor, and she was really pretty, no nonsense, and they gave her a lot of stuff to do, and she was—I thought she was a, a really good character. Um, and then um, jedzia Dax, when she was a woman, I thought was a really good character too. And you know, Deep Space Nine was just so different in so many ways because it was not like all the other mm-hmm. tracks because it took place in a stationary place. Well. And, you know, I, I don't know. Those were some of the things I, I really, really liked
1: about it. I can think of women in Star Trek who were not captains, but who I could see becoming a captain. Uhura is definitely one. Oh yeah, Shelby.
0: <laughs> Shelby, yes.
1: Um, Ro Laren.
0: Yes, she was awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah,
1: people like that. So it's it's like they did have what I thought were close to realistic, yet yet strong minded people who were capable of making decisions and having lives, they did have women like that. They weren't ready to put them in the captain's chair. And yeah. when they did, they they neutered her. Yeah, and they were just so few and far between. Yeah. You know? Oh. So this brings, when you were talking about Dax, you know, when she was a woman, that's a really interesting idea because I was going to ask, so how much of any character
0: is gender? mm uh, you know, a lot, I would say, from our point of view.
1: Right. So could Kirk, believably, if you had just a fantastic actress with no problem with the acting chops or anything, be played by a woman if it was know. written? I don't know. Or just take the Kirk as written. Well, that yeah. almost couldn't be played by a woman. Yeah. Unless it was Janice. What's her name? Um, What if they... Rewrote him. Again, they're relaunching, and mm-hmm. we've seen that they, they screwed canon on his character, mm-hmm. right? He's a dork.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> Young, douchey Kirk.
1: Young, douchey Kirk. What if young, douchey Kirk were young, douchey, gay Kirk?
0: Oh, that would be interesting.
1: It would be more believable with Chris Pine.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's never going to get a woman. <laughs> I like that. That's a good idea. Oh, that's so funny. Well, I don't know. I mean, I... I I almost think gay Kirk would be more believable than than woman kirk. I was just thinking that. (laughs) You know? And I
1: don't know if it's because of all the the years of exposure to KS. (laughs) KS.
0: But K S isn't gay. No, it's not. It's totally It's written for and by
1: and about women.
0: Women. (laughs) (laughs) Um it would be so interesting. I, I mean, I would love to see this kind of stuff. I wish people mm-hmm. would do this stuff.
1: But in the same way, I still want Kirk to be sacred. <laughs> I, yeah, you go, yeah, why can't they do this stuff? Well, part of it is because I'd be good. I personally would be going. Are you fucking nuts? You have got to go out and find another Shatner. And there is no other Shatner. I know. so know. That, that idea is screwed. Oh, my God. If Bill could just bottle that stuff. Maybe they will. Well, he could bottle that stuff, but as far as, (laughs) you know, his acting ability, his whole persona, his whole life, that's just it. It's not just Kirk and the life he's had. It's Shatner and the life he's had because he said, you know, he he played Kirk as the best of himself. Yeah. And I hate to think, really, that what we've just seen or saw last summer, whenever it was, was the best of Chris Oh, I don't think so. I mean, I think that shows in the writing. Yeah. And in the directing, that these people do not have life experiences.
0: No, no, no of course they, they don't. They have movie experiences. Yeah, but not life experiences. Yeah. Um, I just had a thought uh, about that. Oh, shit, now it's totally gone out of you my head. You were going head. to say that you watched me prepare the formula. <laughs> <laughs> and these two are good, and that one's bad, so don't get them mixed up. Right, right. <laughs> so write on it with a Sharpie. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good
1: what I bet. like is you will code market. <laughs> yeah. What's... Like what? Okay. Put a, a K for Kirk. Is that a good code? Probably about the toughest code
0: she could answer. I was looking for the barcode and there was no barcode <laughs> on it whatsoever. No, no, I I agree with you of, about that. Um, I was gonna maybe this wasn't my point, but um, unfortunately, to see a, a Star Trek reboot exploring some of these ideas would take a lot of money to do to get the right actors to do it, whether you're casting Gay Kirk or Woman Kirk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think it's ever going to happen because nobody has the wherewithal to put it together as a vanity production, because it would never be anything more than a vanity production. Right, because
1: Paramount and all of them would never green light that. It's too big a risk. Yeah,
0: they'd never do it. And if you're going to do it on a small scale, then you end up with things like the New Voyages, Mm -hmm. which you know, have really good special effects and for the most part, crappy actors. So you need to have really, really good actors to pull that off, and I I don't know how you do that without funding, unfortunately. I'm sure there are wonderful actors out there who could pull that off and good Mm -hmm. writers who could write it, but if there's no incentive, it won't ever happen. Yep, yep. So that sucks, because I I think it would be cool to see that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I I totally agree with you about the, the life experiences. And, of course, that was what made Kirk's character so interesting in the movies was because it was the addition of the life experience that went through it. I mean,
1: that's one of the things I absolutely love about Wrath of Mm Khan is we see the layers have been added to that character Mm -hmm. of Kirk. And we see things in him we never saw in TOS, Mm -hmm. such as he actually does have some regrets. Mm -hmm. And you rarely saw anything like that, but it's also that life has not in that time be- between, always gone the way he wanted to mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. That he's he has
0: been parted from his dearest love, which is his ship. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, I see a lot of that in um, six also. Oh, yes. Because it's in the same way that you do get the feeling that, that at that point, Bill was pretty much done with being Kirk. Kirk is pretty much done with being Kirk, too. Yeah. Because things have changed so much.
1: Well, that whole thing, do you fear the future? Yeah. And how does history get past people like me? I mean, those lines could, or things like that can only be said by a character who we have seen live at least half his life.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's just so fed up with things Mm -hmm. and kind of, he's, he's over it. Yeah,
1: that he, they're sending him on this last mission. He's like, oh, fuck.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what? I hate the Klingons, yeah. by the way. <laughs> by the way, yeah. yeah.
1: So anyway, I know what I was going to so say. So he's starting to turn into the dad from Shit My Dad. Says, <laughs> Okay, what were you going to say?
0: Um, I, was, I, I blogged this, but I was listening to, um, it was live. It was streaming live. It was a panel at the Phoenix Comic Con, and it was Frakes and LeVar Burton and Will Wheaton, and they were just typical you know, people asking questions and <laughs> stuff. And somebody asked Frakes, um, who was great, He was so funny and so snarky. I had no idea he was that funny. Um, How much of you is in your character? Which I thought was a great question. Yes. And he totally dodged it, which really surprised me. What did he say? He he got very funny, and it was clear he really didn't want to talk about it, but he just said, we're about the same height. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we both like something. I forget. Mm -hmm. It was very much along those lines. I learned how to play the trombone or something like mm-hmm. that. But I thought it was interesting that somebody asked him that question, given that his character was meant to be a, you know, Kirk anyway. A Kirk alike. And that um, he just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. So that was that was kind of funny. Um, and whereas Bill's been so open in every interview, as mm-hmm. you were just saying, that he talks about how Kirk really was him. It had to be him because he was playing him, you know, eight hours a day. Right, with week. getting rewrites at the last minute. You yes. can't really plan. Yeah, so it just, it had to be him. Well, let's go from, um, I want to do one more thing before we go. Oh, okay. And then we're going to end this show with another interview with Yay. one of our, our great fans. In fact, I can tell you who it is if you give me just a moment okay. to look it up. Coming Hold, up, please. <laughs> <laughs> your call may be dropped. No, your no, call's not going to be dropped. Um, it better not. Uh... Oh, Richie Narvez Oh, great! It's going to be next. So good, good, good. That's going to be good. Um, y- you sent me this link, I believe, uh, or maybe somebody else did. No, you sent it to me. And this is the de- the deadline for this has passed, but I just wanted to mention we So we're now, as Starfleet, the world's oldest and largest continuously active Starfleet fan club, has announced that one of its guest judges for the second annual short story contest is none other than Dorothy Fontana. <sighs> um. The deadline for this was June 1st, which is now over. Uh, Starfleet fanfiction, which should not exceed 7,500 words in length and which must take place within the fictional science fiction universe of Star Trek. Duh. Um, It affords aspiring writers an opportunity to have their work critiqued by an industry icon who is also a long-standing advocate of fan-written fiction. There's more stuff about this, but all I can say is, who would subject themselves to that voluntarily? Well... If she's one of the final judges,
1: I, I, I would hope there's been substantial weeding being I guess, done. I but even so. Um, I would be really interested to read the one she picks.
0: Mm. Well, I, um, there, this was on Trek Today, so it'll be in here.
1: Hopefully, or maybe uh, on their website. But um, I went and looked at it, and there doesn't appear to be any prize.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's very interesting. But, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just so cynical and so jaded. Yeah. Having read so much fan
1: fiction, that's so bad. But, you know, one um, thing they all write about, Dorothy has always been a huge supporter of the fans. I mean, yeah. she wrote a script for New Voyages. I
0: know, I know, I know. But, I don't know, I just... I feel like these efforts to... to. Um, popularize but legitimize. legitimize the fan fiction in this way is just asking for trouble. Oh, I don't
1: know. Although I have to say in the strange new worlds mm-hmm. that's published um by John Over, Wordover and his company whatever it is, Baka Books and such. Um I've read a number of those. And they aren't bad stories. I mean, some of them are stories I didn't like, but they
0: obviously w- w- waded through a lot of crap. I, I agree, and I have to say about those things that I, some of the stories in there I really liked, and some of them I just thought were crap, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not sure what the standards are. Um, I'm just, as we're talking, and browsing around the site a little bit, and they actually have a section called 2010 contest submissions mm-hmm. where they have put a bunch of them up, but there's only about 20 of them here.
1: Oh, and oh, I remember when I was exploring it. It appeared that you submitted your story, and the readers, like, voted. And possibly, like, the top ones, I guess, are going to the judges. Okay. So I don't think they have to actually read every piece of crap. Okay. But, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, if it was... In a way, the Strange New Worlds contest was very fair in its judging, is that, you know... This initial editor read or read enough of all of them to know which ones to bring to the full committee. Mm-hmm. Um, this, because it's the reader's going to judge, I'm going, okay, there is no point in somebody who has not been a long-time member of this fan club submitting
0: anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just a little confused now as to whether the 20 that are posted here are all that was received or whether there's been some paring down since the deadline has actually passed. I have no idea. I'm going to have to look a little more um, closely to see if we know any of the people who have submitted stuff. Yeah. (laughs) We are so evil. Well, maybe we'll have a chance to talk about um, the winning story when they actually... Tell us what it is. Tell us what it is. That would be very interesting to know. But, yeah, fan fiction. And, you know, that's something else that people have asked us to do on shows, is to do more bad fan fiction. So, maybe we should find some more bad stuff point hopefully not our own not our own no no I mean, we could always do that that's the easy way to do it right Is to just pick something we've written yes but uh there's there's enough bad stuff out there that I think we could we could find it
1: we could always just keep uh plugging um the space carnival the Russian <laughs> ice cream spice
0: oh that's great all right I think we're done
1: yes let's go on to an interview
0: Let's go on to an interview and you guys can hear yourselves once again. And I have to just say again how much I enjoyed doing those interviews. Those were so much fun.
1: That you know, that whole Chapmoy thing was just uh, just fun from beginning to end. Planning it and getting everything. the cake and, and everything. It was so much fun. But yeah, talking to you guys on Skype. It was great. It was so much fun.
0: fun. Gotta do it again. Yes, Absolutely yes. gotta do it again. Get out! Come back
2: here.
1: the Shatmoy to you, Commodore Mendez.
2: Oh, yes. Top of the Shatmoy. Is this an officially sanctioned event? I mean, did Shatner sign off on it or, or the Nimoy?
1: No, but we did.
2: Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> and, that, that's all that matters. And actually, it was, Are they in, here?
1: it was invented by one of our listeners. Yeah. Oh. And uh, he has a, a little Shatmoy celebration every year where he he and, I guess, friends watch some uh, bad movies and, and things, and, and we decided to, to up it a notch and and have a, a festival with, with food and festivities yeah. and
0: and a hotel. Oh, yeah, and, and no, they are not actually here, but they're here in spirit oh. because yeah. we've got tapes and DVDs and everything else all hooked up. That was the first thing we did when we got to the room. Actually before I even unpacked my suitcase, we hooked up wow. the D V D player to the TV and made sure it worked and everything.
1: And we have oh, excellent. we have big cardboard Kirk in a box. Yeah. We have- <laughs> he's he's coming out later. Yeah. It's gonna
2: oh, excellent. Good. Okay. And is it just is it just Trek movies you have, or you oh, have stuff like uh, The no. Outrage and Brothers Karamazov?
1: We have a, a bunch of stuff. Most of them sort of rarities that we're going to be okay. uh, watching with with the people who show up tonight. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, so um, we have three questions for you that we're oh, okay. asking everybody. So, first question is: What's the first question again? First
1: question is: <laughs> What do <laughs> Do you remember when oh, you right. first encountered Star Trek, or how did you get into it? What are your earliest Trek memories?
2: Oh, that's interesting. I've been writing about that on, the, on my blog, drunkentrekkies.wordpress.com.
1: Which we love.
2: <laughs> and and uh, it's actually, uh, I, what I remember is seeing it in reruns. I was, I'm too young to have seen it when it was actually on the air. Uh, but I did catch it when it just started uh, in reruns at six o'clock every day on uh, Channel 11 in New York City, mm-hmm. and I remember just seeing it. You know, I came up from school, uh, did my homework dutifully, and then would start watching TV by six o'clock. And Star Trek was there, and I had dinner in front of Star Trek every day for years. So it was it was more of a family to me probably than my family.
0: That's great. Dinner and Star Trek every day. That's mm. a nice combination. Well, I'll share
1: mm-hmm. something with you, Commod- Conor- Commodore. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. My lips yeah. aren't awake yet. Um, I, too, first saw it in reruns at 6 o'clock, but I was at college. Oh. And the dining hall closed at 7. <laughs> so my roommate oh. and I watched the first like 45 to 50 minutes of it. And ah. never saw any endings because we had to run off to <laughs> dinner. So I didn't know how any of the episodes ended until after I graduated.
2: Oh, wow. You had to <laughs> play catch-up. You had all that anticipation built up.
1: I know. I thought they died at the end of every episode. And then there they were again. It was
0: amazing. Oh, well, wow. And, and I will say that, um, you know, I'm uh-huh. originally from New Jersey. And you and I probably were watching the same episodes at the same time on WPIX. Ah. Channel 11. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then did you guys catch the um, the animated series as well?
0: I watched the animated series because my brother, my oldest brother, is a, a big Trekkie. He's the one who got me into Trek. So we watched it very faithfully on Saturday mornings. I remember sitting okay. down. I have it now. And I, we watched, did we even watch we them? We haven't watched any of them. Yeah, we're going to have oh. to watch some of them.
2: Oh, those are good. You should watch those. Yeah. Oh, and the other uh, Shatner uh, memory that I have is of a TV series that was on very briefly Called Barbary Coast.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Remember that? Oh, Where yeah. he dressed different costume every week. I think it was maybe three episodes came out. I don't know if that many came out.
1: If we watched one, one of them. I don't know, a month or a month, oh, couple was months ago. That.
0: It was last year sometime. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, Bill had he had to do you know lots of costume changes. That was part of his his um, his thing yes. in the show and. He had the most outrageous uh, mutton-chop sideburns and (laughs) big mustache and beard and everything. I I think, you know, looking back, that show was probably um, really suited to him because he could just ham it up outrageously when he was trying to pass himself off as all these different characters that he just invented out of whole cloth with the costume and little Mm -hmm. business and things that he could hold on to and all that. It's like an
2: early version of Beretta. (laughs)
0: But with it's not right. as cool a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get to the next question, we we've, uh-huh. t- we've talked about how much we love Drunken Trekkies. Can you just yes, tell I us- appreciate
2: that. Thank you very much. By oh, the way, well,
0: it's awesome. Why don't you tell us and tell everybody else a little bit about how that got started and and what your inspiration was for it?
2: Um, hmm. Well, uh, let's see. I have a uh, my friend uh, who goes by the the handle uh, Ensign Nacelle Envy. Um. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a writer, we're both writers, and we're both Trekkies, and uh, we tended to uh, email each other, um, which is now very old-fashioned, but we used to email each other very long emails about um, TV shows and movies and stuff, and I said, you know what, we could just, uh, these are very funny, and we could probably just throw these on a blog, um, so I, I, you know, starting a blog, it takes five minutes, so I, I started the blog, and I started just uploading some of our correspondence. Uh, and he got into it for a little while. I think he's bored with it. Oh. Uh, I have to get back on it. But uh, yeah, he's, he's done a lot of the early entries. And um, if you read some of them, you'll see that he was one of the first, um, first to do a fan film when he was, I guess, about 10 years old. He wow. did a fan film called Junior Trek. That is available on uh, YouTube. It's We're going to
1: have to look for that.
2: Two or three minutes. But it's also, I mean, you could find it deep, uh, you know, uh, in the archives of uh, drunken Oh, okay, cool. He's so good at the shilling thing. Do you notice
1: how he
0: keeps slipping that in? Yeah, the yeah. Thing? You're, you're, you're <laughs> very Billess. Very Shatner-esque. You on got? That, so.
2: Yes, yeah. If I had a book, I'd be saying the title every two minutes. <laughs> or a movie. Yeah. Yes.
1: That's great. So um, we just wait. I have to say one more thing about drunken trekkies. Yeah, I love your movie reviews.
2: Oh, thank you. I love
1: how you hold them up to such a high standard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, did you notice that the, the 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 ultimate movie is Star Trek II?
1: Yes, that's what I meant. So,
2: uh, yeah, Everything everything else has to be well compared to Star Trek II. Well, this you know the thing, this or you that. Know,
1: Rather than thumbs up or thumbs down, you are being very upfront with your viewers about. This is the the, the highest mm-hmm. level you LaVar, can possibly yeah. achieve. You know, right. you're 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 very clear about there. It's me, it, It's measurable. It's a good metric.
2: Right. Yeah. But, An actor and actress should, after they've do, you know, when they've done a scene, they should say, Well, is that as good as Shatner did? You know, when he, uh when they fr- first uh were on the. Uh, uh, on, on the spaceship, looking at all the bodies, where when he uh, when he was talking to Nimoy, to uh, Spock about his birthday, is that are they acting as good as that? You know, yeah. they should always think that way. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. that's great, and I yeah. think that leads right into our next question. Okay, which is, what do you love most about Bill?
2: Oh, about Bill, um, I actually I saw this a little bit on uh, on your blog when when his birthday came up a couple of days ago. Yes, um, and I did a small answer. Uh, there's of course the man crush. Uh, because there's, uh, you know, there's something, uh, he's so handsome and he's got, I, I guess a lot of that, a little maybe 60s androgyny with his, with those wonderful eyes of his. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not as enamored of his butt as you, as you <laughs> guys are. Uh, but I, I, there is something very handsome about him. I and mean, he's, you know, he's sort of like the ideal male. So there's something, uh, to that. Um, but I think also because, um, uh, I grew up with him and, and, you know, being facetious before about being my family, but. In a way, he's a great father figure, um, and from Kirk, because you know I identify Shatner a lot with Kirk, but also um, now, over the years, uh, he's become uh, he's somebody who uh, you know uh, being so uh, iconic in that way doesn't take himself seriously, mm-hmm. um, and that's really great to see in a celebrity and he's just he seems to be having such great fun with, with his fame that I, I really admire that. Um, and he's just, he's just fun every time you see him on TV. It's always, it's always worth watching.
0: Yes. That's great. What's your favorite thing that he's done, uh, outside of track?
2: Oh, mm, it's, it's not TJ Hooker. <laughs> uh, no! I tried, I really tried to like TJ Hooker and it just, it just, I think Adrian's med's hair just really bothered. <laughs> um, uh, though Heather Locklear was wonderful, but still the plots and everything and, uh, the car roof sliding, uh, <laughs> but uh, of, that he's done outside of Trek. Uh, I, um, oh, shoot. Uh, he's done, he did a few, uh, oh, you know what? Just off the top of my head, Kingdom of the Spiders. Really? Love that movie. I mean, I also love him in, um, in Boston Legal. Mm-hmm. He's great in Boston Legal as well, actually. And, and, and I love how that character seems to always be echoing what uh, Shatner himself is is dealing with in real yes. life, I think, with yep. mortality and stuff like that, yeah. and perhaps with sanity.
1: <laughs> yeah, <You laughs> so that I don't I, think he <laughs> wrestles with it. I think he totally embraces his own lunacy. And yes, that's yeah, part I, of I would think that Shatner, in
2: real person, in real life, is is kind of is is off his rocker. Yeah. A, a little, a little,
1: yeah. in, in 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 a fun, strange way. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 in a sweet, fun, strange way.
1: Well, you know. Um, Years ago, I heard this story. You know who William Wyndham was? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, he's not.
2: Uh, yeah, The guy who faced the giant uh, the thing. The machine. Say, yeah. Yeah. And well, his son was uh, Stephen Collins. Right.
1: right. And uh, yes. he worked with Bill a couple of times. And when, uh, when Bill went undercover to research mm-hmm. his book, Get a Life, it, yeah. You know, he he put on Cleon and and masks and everything so he could go around and talk to fans and have them not know he was Shatner.
0: <laughs> well, at oh. one
1: point, as a fan, he went up to William Wyndham at a at a convention and and you know oh. was talking to him as a fan. He thought, and as he walked away, William Wyndham said to him, "Bill, you're still deeply disturbed." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow, that fits. Wow, I could see that happening. You know, one of the links on your blog is about uh, bills to pay, yes. and that site is amazing.
0: It really is, um, we've had some nice contact with those people, and um, they have found really great pictures. That's the thing that yes. is, is wonderful. And the writing is very funny. Um, and yeah. they, they've also looked at a lot of the same rare things that we have. I think we have a few differences of opinion on some of the movies that either we like and they don't or, or they do and, mm-hmm. and we don't. But it, it's another great um, example of how studying stuff that Bill does can become <laughs> like this this calling. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, it's practically it is, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually like how that site is, uh, is very respectful of the whole thing. They don't, they, I mean, they, it's, it, it pokes fun at him, but still sort of uh, makes him human without mm-hmm. really just throwing in old toupee jokes.
0: Yep, definitely. Yes, and uh, they actually, I, I think their writing is actually getting a little funnier over time. Maybe they're just finding their groove. But they posted something just the other day talking about how they had actually invented um, Google, and it was called Tuple. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and very good it was good and they, they were showing and i love this i mean this is how technology should be used you know in google analytics kind of thing you can look up um how many people have searched for a certain phrase within mm-hmm. a certain time oh, wow. the google complete function so when you type in something like is shatner the suggestion of course <laughs> the first one is bald. that's <laughs> the very first one that comes up
2: so wow yeah one of the highest things in google probably yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly so oh, wow. That oh, so great. can I ask you? Can, can I ask you too? Uh, why did you start uh, the look at his butt?
0: You know, it's very similar to what you were just saying about why you started um, the blog. Uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. drunkentrekkies.wordpress.com. <laughs> <Yeah, 'cause laughs>
1: Thank we, you. <laughs> excuse me. We have been been friends and 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 Shatnerians for a long time. You know, first meeting through the internet and then discovering we lived close to each other. And um, so we were always getting together. We had a regular mm-hmm. get-together, the, the two of us plus Junk, whenever she decided to show up, uh-huh. and uh, to watch movies and stuff. And then one day, Lena says to me, I want to do a podcast with you. And I went, what's that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> she, said,
1: and she explained it to me and said, you just have to show up and talk about Shatner and some of what we can do over the phone. I went, okay, good, you know, minimal work for me and maximum fun. And Mm -hmm. so that was it. We were like one of the very early podcasts, I think.
0: Yeah, we got started very early on. And, uh, you know, I I was into podcasting from the moment that I knew it existed because I thought this is the perfect thing. And I, I looked around and I said, "You know, there's not a lot of Star Trek podcasts, which seemed odd to me because we all know that the reason that the internet exists really is for porn and Star Trek." Those right, Star right, Trek is totally. The, yeah, is that's the all it's for. Killer app that drove yeah. the internet's ad. You know, there, there's, we should do a Star Trek podcast because we talk about Trek and it's fun, and we love Bill, and we could just uh, share our deep insights with people and. <laughs> Huh? It just, oh, it's a great as, podcast. I love it. The are. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so and no, no, it just yeah. turns into it from there. And, you know, it, that's the great thing about podcasting is that it doesn't cost anything, really. Right. We yeah. didn't go out and buy lots of big, expensive recording equipment. We just used the <laughs> stuff that we had, and, and it's just gotten better since then, I think.
2: And, and yes, it's actually, I love the I love your podcast. It's great to, to listen to the whole thing. Um, and I, I have a lot of older episodes that I haven't gone and listened to yet. Um, but dovetailing of what you said about porn, there's also that um, the, you also talk about sex toys a lot. How does that involve William Shatner? Is that because he is a living sex toy?
1: Uh, b- pretty much. And <clears throat> initially, that was not going to be one of our topics, but I think in uh-huh. our first. Or second show, probably the first show, we just, for some reason, got to talking about maybe some new sex toy had come out or something. Oh, I don't know. And uh, <laughs> and that seemed to be a topic just that we, yeah. we talked about because, you know, this is, as you can probably tell, it's completely unscripted. It's just us talking the way we talk, and sometimes we get off yeah. on tangents and... Uh, yeah, sex toys is one of our tangents.
0: Yeah, and we think what is interesting to us will be interesting to somebody somewhere, so that, that we just go from there.
1: Yes.
2: No, it's great, and there are Star Trek themed sex toys, and I think you've covered some of them uh, in the past. So <laughs> that actually fits well. And I had I had another question: Have you guys actually ever talked to Shatner, and does he know about the blog and the podcast?
0: <laughs> well, well uh, so the answer to the first question is yes. Uh, we've we've met. Him. Ah. We went to uh, the Shatner Weekend, which is the fan club thing that they have, Uh, and Uh we got to meet him and get his autograph, and, you know, you don't really get to talk to him where you're not sitting down at a table and saying, you know, hi, Bill, how's it going? Um, Right. And the podcast and the blog have been brought to his attention a couple of times, but we're not sure how much (laughs) he he actually retains that information. Right. Right. I Mm. think it's one
1: of those things that for the second he, you know, heard, there's a podcast about you called look at his butt yes he was aware and then if you asked him about it now it'd be i never heard of that i there's no whatever yeah so um yeah we got we got a friend of ours whose official title is some guy to um to post that question to him at a con you know hoping to get to bill to say look at his butt which he did he did it's on youtube that little clip yes um, oh So that's and, great.
2: That's great. Yeah. I've met him. Uh, and, it was, uh, you know, similar. I just got his autograph and then I took a picture with him and Namoy. Right. So it was, it was my Shatmoy moment.
1: <laughs> that is great. That's
2: great. Yeah. It was in Cherry Acon in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. One of the best days of my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're saying you love the show. What? Mm-hmm. This is the third question. And, oh, and okay. then you win a grand prize or something. I don't know what happens. Um, <laughs> What would you like to hear on the podcast? You know, things either we've done in the past and you'd like to hear more about, or something we haven't talked about or covered.
2: Um, you guys talk. Uh, do you, have you talked about some of the fan films that are out there, uh, like James Callie's? We talked thing?
0: about that. Mm-hmm. We've uh-huh. done some of them. We haven't done a lot of the um, the more professional ones that have come out. Theme, right uh, of gods and men stuff. We were just talking about that a few right. minutes ago. Uh, I think that's on the list of things to do. I, I, honestly, for us, some of that stuff is just so, um, I want to use the word turgid here. Mm-hmm. It, it's, nice. yeah, it's kind of a slog to get through it because it's just not that yeah. interesting. It, it's well-made and it's, you know, it's got a lot of passion and heart to it, but it's just not that right. fun or, or,
1: or that yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there was there was one, and I'm not going to tell you what it was or anything that you know we had heard about, and we wrote to them and said, "Oh, send us a copy; we'd love to review it." And mm. it was it was just so so dreadful that we've never oh, okay. discussed it on the air, and you know, sent them a nice little note saying, "Thank you for sending this to us," and you know, that was the end of it. But yeah, some of those are are hard going, and then you know, the the collie ones, there's at least you know, good story and good writing, uh, and. Right. Uh, because they are being written, you know, by, by some professionals. I wish the acting were up to that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they've gotten better, but yeah, sometimes you still wish that it would got, uh, you know, it would change. Um, And what did you, I I think you've discussed this slightly. uh, Oh, what'd you guys think of the new movie?
0: Slightly? We spent quite a bit of time talking about the new movie.
2: Right, right. Yes. But I'd like to hear it now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you can blackmail us.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, like, I I think, you know, at first, when I first saw the movie, I I liked it. And then as I got home and slowly thought about it and thought, I was like, wow, I I really didn't like that.
1: uh, That was my experience. I had a great time at the theater. You know, there was action. I was involved in everything. But even in the theater, I wasn't happy with um, the take on Kirk. And I've learned not to blame that entirely on Chris Pine, that it was deliberately written that way, which continues to piss me off. And, right. You know, the the as as a as a movie as storytelling, it was a lot of fun. As Star Trek for right. me, it failed on many counts.
2: Right. I could totally agree. Yeah. It's it's just it was all right fun movie but not Star Trek. Yeah. Kind of, you know. It's like it's like all the you took all the trappings of Star Trek but you didn't make a Star Trek movie.
1: Well, it's like a lot of what um Braga did, mm-hmm. you know, slap the name Star Trek on something, oh, but was really when you
2: mentioned Braga, my stomach bleeds a little. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm, sorry. I, I, I'm
2: bent over in pain now.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry to hear oh, that. I, I think the thing that we're we're most concerned about is where they're going to go from here because um, they obviously are, are making another one. I'm sure that they were planning on the next one before they had finished the first one. And right. we are, are very concerned that they're just going to start retreading old episodes and bringing back old characters for no particular reason other than right. that they just can't think of any good ideas for a new movie.
1: Or to just do a new take on it. Yeah. And I think, okay, right. if if it was a reboot, you've rebooted. Go from there. Don't keep rebooting.
2: Right, yeah. They're just going to add lens flares and more explosions. <laughs> And then, and then Spock is gonna have you know his you know uh, getting it on with Uhura, which was yeah. really odd to me, um, because I think if Spock was really Spock, the the whole thing about him, the tragedy of him, would be the fact that he couldn't. He would tell her, "Look, hey, you know you're great, but I can't. Uh, you know, no can do."
1: Well, you know, uh, one of one of my very good friends and fanfic writers is Wildcat, who does and for many years has written Spock Uhura fiction, but. Um, her stuff is all set in the movie era and she and I have talked about this that um in the in the in the series era Spock could not have have done that he could not have made an, an emotional connection like that right and especially that,
2: so young yeah yeah
1: and that it's still kind of a stumbling block in her in her stories for him to to be getting over that so i think she addressed that in a much more realistic way
2: okay um All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens with the next movie. I get the feeling um, it'll be diminishing returns, and then they'll maybe do three of them. Mm -hmm. And then that, then then, I don't know. Maybe it'll just stop.
0: But there's always hope, you know, they they could do a second one and they could knock it out of the park, which would be, that's true, is true of Wrath of Connors. Yeah, exactly. So
1: if
2: you're a
0: big fan fan of
1: Lens Flare, I want to (laughs) point you to the Look at His Butt (laughs) blogspot.com. where we posted, uh-huh. we posted this, uh, this home movie that was made um, of the day that the whole cast went and did their handprints in cement. And uh-huh. it's, it's a home movie transferred to digital, but there's a lot of lens flare. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there... it, was, it was sort of a, a, a foreshadowing of what was to come.
2: Yeah, there's a website uh, I saw where somebody took all these old sci-fi movies and just added lens flares <laughs> into in just just to see what it looked like. You know, Alien, Star Wars. I've seen and just a few of so those. Inserting, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's well.
0: Funny. All right. Well, listen. Um, we've yes. got to wrap this up because we've we've got to yes. move on to our interviews. But this has been so much fun. It was wonderful. Yes, to it was talk great to. talking to you too. So um, have a, a happy rest of Shatmoy. You too have a great chat, Moy. Yeah, and we're going to plan for next year. And, and who knows what's going to happen for Chat Moy next year. That's right. Yeah, yeah.
2: If you have a bigger, you know, maybe I'll come out there for uh, for San, San Francisco's nice. Unless yes. you come to New York. If you ever come to New York, that's where I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, and I do that website called drugandtrekkies.wordpress.com. <laughs> that's it
1: say that okay keep keep, one more time keep drunken trekking
2: (laughs) yeah i'm drunken trekking yes i'm gonna have some romulan ale now all right we're gonna have some a
1: little later yeah
0: okay very good okay Uh, thank you so much bye-bye no problem you guys take care bye -bye. Bye. (laughs) bye-bye